black woman, beautiful, powerful, resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation, a talk, especially an informal one between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So we created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. How's your week been? It's been good because now I can finally see the light at the end of the tunnel. So, you know, I've been traveling the last couple of weeks. I just got back to Atlanta literally maybe an hour and a half ago, and I've been in my house like 30 minutes, right? So I've gone to Houston for the last time. I had to do a training for the Junior League of Houston for the Texas Children um, West Volunteers. Um, so that's why I went there. But before that, James's aunt passed away pretty suddenly. She had a stroke and then passed away a couple of days later. So the wake was Friday. The funeral was Saturday. But my nephew, who when I was in college was like three, he graduated from college Saturday. So we went from the wake in Alabama. I drove back there. Friday night. I then flew Saturday morning to Baton Rouge. And then after graduation, Saturday night, I drove to Houston, got there around midnight to do the training on Sunday afternoon for the Junior League of Houston, spent the night um, and left today to come back. So it's been busy. It's been busy, but now I don't have any other trips planned until Christmas. So I'm really excited about having the next couple of weeks just to chill in my house. Well, I'm sorry to hear that James's, you said his aunt passed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is awful. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, but are we talking about the nephew that you used to bring to class that just graduated yeah. from college? Yeah. Nicole, I feel old now. Girl, we're super old. I mean, Chris is 21 years old. And I mean, I was so proud. I was driving to graduation. And I mean, I was literally tearing up in the car because I just cannot believe that he graduated. And for people that have followed for a while, you've heard me talk about my sister. Um, she is, you know, a single parent, um, basically raised him through her college career. And so he spent a lot of time with me when I was an undergrad. He spent a lot of time with me when I was in med school and she has gone through it. I mean, this child literally grew up with her because she had him when she was, you know, she got pregnant at 16. So to see him literally walk across the stage with honors, I mean, it was just, I mean, I was like emotional. I was a, definitely a proud parent in the audience. Like he was my child. I'm like, oh, we made it. We finally made it. But yeah, he's not, he's not three anymore. I mean, shout out to Stacy for raising him like it seems like overnight. And shout out to you because I remember when you used to take him to class, like 
it was yesterday. But I feel old. Like, I really feel old. The fact that he's, he's where you, well, past where, I mean, he's graduated from college. I, I, I mean, Nicole, I, I'm proud of him. I'm super proud of him. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of Stacey. But I don't want to think about it because I feel like we're, like, officially super old. But we look good old, right? We look good old. I, we look good old, right? I'm about to be 40 in two weeks, 40. Um, and I have just embraced all of this, you know, all of this aging glory. Okay. I love it. All of the extra cushion I have, this age I have, I'm just embracing it all. Um, because yeah, we are old because time is going by really, really fast. Now you're like, oh, it's been, oh, I've been here for three years. I mean, it's just things move so much faster, the older you are in my, in my opinion, but yeah. Yeah, we're, we're a little older, but that's okay. We're aging like fine wine. Say it again for the people in the back. We're aging like fine wine. Mm-hmm. All right, so Johnny, how's your week been? It's been busy. It's been, okay, let me say this. I'm super, super grateful for this week. So as you all know, my father has gone through some health scares. So he came out of two surgeries, one valve replacement and one pacemaker insertion. And he's doing well. And I'm sure my mom will kill me for saying this, but my mom made reference to my dad being a strong old goat. And I'm appreciative because my father's older and he has gone through this like a champ. Like I, I talked to him just today and I was like, dad, how are you feeling? He was like, I'm feeling fine. Like nothing happened. And my dad is like, I don't remember which, which battery or whatever commercial it was, but you know, the one that said it takes a lick and it keeps on ticking. I think it was like Timex or something like that. But that's how my dad is. Like my dad is, is it's like nothing ever happened. You would think that he was just fine. So I'm so grateful and I, I couldn't be more appreciative for the amazing doctors at GW um, that have taken great care of him. And, you know, I'm, I'm so, so, so grateful. He's, he's doing well. He should be home very soon. So I'm grateful. That That is what my week has consisted of. And then Ken, who is our producer and my amazing husband, he had a procedure this morning. And I mean, I, I often wonder why God never gave me the desire to have children. And today was one of those days, like Ken had a procedure. My dad had a procedure. I had to get on the road and travel out of town for a leadership retreat. And it all happened very quickly. But then I was like, you know what, God, this is the reason why you didn't want me to have children because I have all of this stuff going on and it, it all came together and I'm recording tonight with you. And it, it, it just, it, it was overwhelming for a moment, but I'm here now and I'm like, this is it. Like, this is what I dreamed of my life being, but not exactly like this, but this is, this is it. Like everything is happening and I can get it all done and not have to take a second beat. So I'm grateful. Well, I'm glad that uh, both your dad and Ken got through their procedures safely. I just want you to know that I'm here if you ever need me. And I'm very grateful for you. All right. So before we get to the timeline, we're switching it up on y'all this week. We have an expert guest and we want to introduce her before the timeline because guess what? She created the timeline, y'all. So today's guest is Dr. Kimberly Wade. Dr. Kimberly Wade is a proud 2005 graduate of 
the Xavier University of Louisiana. She went on to graduate from the University of Mississippi School of Dentistry in 2010. After practicing dentistry and community health for over 10 years, she returned to the University of Mississippi Dental School as an assistant professor. But currently, she is the chair of the school's newest department, integrated patient care, and absolutely loves educating the next generation of dentists. When she isn't saving the world one tooth at a time, she is busy being a mommy of two beautiful girls, the wife to her husband of 13 years, a Girl Scout trooper, a troop leader, and the list goes on because her homegirl is also an entrepreneur. She is doing the damn thing. So Dr. Wade, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. Now, Janine, tell us more about the timeline. Okay. So- I told Nicole, I said, you have to introduce Kim first because, or Dr. Wade, I'm sorry. When I went to Xavier, she was Kim. So forgive me, please. Um, Because she posted this thing and I commented like from my personal page, from our, oh, that's deep. Because when I first saw this, I was like, what is going on? So anyone who knows me knows that I am super, super into teeth and oral health and the aesthetic of your teeth. And it's just a thing, right? So I'm going to go back some some decades and date myself to when Chris Rock had a gap in between his teeth and Oprah made mention of it to him. And Oprah said, you should get that fixed. And it wasn't because of any like hygiene issues. It was more because of how people received him. So that stuck with me for years. And I've been, you know, an advocate for making sure that your oral health is a thing and that your teeth look the way that you want them to look, right? So I say all of that to say, there was this wonderful video that you posted. And the video was from, actually from Twitter, I mean, from TikTok that you posted on Instagram. And it's from TikTok user, uh, Toxic Boss. And I will say this, it's DA, toxic, the word toxic and boss. And I will say this, I actually just looked up the video again to see how many views it's had, and it's had 811,000 views. So I know that you all can't see us, but both Nicole and Kim are shaking their head in almost disgust, and you all will see why. So in this video, this young lady basically says she has self-removed her braces after having had them on for 11 years. Now... If anyone who has had braces, which I have had, and I'm not talking Invisalign, I'm talking the the train track kind of braces like the rest of us have. Yes, like actually Dr. Wade has train track braces now. Braces are cemented onto your teeth. And I will let her go into all of the, the actual medical details of how braces work and how they're cemented onto your teeth and so on because I'm not an expert in that. But what I am an expert in is knowing when you need to go seek medical attention for something rather than doing it yourself. And I would just say that if you are going to put braces on or have braces put on your teeth, that you should also have them professionally removed because that's kind of a thing. So I will, again, let Dr. Wade go more into this. So let me tell you this. This young lady, she had her braces on for 11 years and decided that she didn't want to go back to the orthodontist to get her braces removed. So she proceeded to show how she removed her braces. Now, I'm not sure she doesn't show how she popped them off, but I'm assuming that she did it did so with some sort of tool that is not meant to be in your mouth. I'm assuming that she did it with like a wrench or something because I've seen people 
you know, a wire hanging out. They take a little like, you know, wire cutter and cut their wire or I've seen it happen. Not saying that you should do it. Please, you all do not start digging in your mouth with tools. But I've seen it happen. So I'm assuming that's how she popped her braces off. But then she pulls out this charcoal toothpaste. And this is where Janine started getting confused. Because when she popped the braces off, there were these marks on her teeth. And I remember having the same white spots on my teeth when my braces came off, right? But there were also some weird, like, yellow things around the said white spots. And I'm assuming that's because, you know, when you have braces, you can't really get into the crevices and grooves the same way that you can when you don't have braces, So you kind of have to either use a pick or something of that nature because you can't really floss the same way, right? But the charcoal toothpaste, I was confused. Now, I've seen people brush. I've brushed even myself with charcoal toothpaste. It kind of, you know, gets the grit and grime out of your mouth. And it's helpful because you can kind of see where you need to pay a little bit of extra attention. But correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Wade, but it seemed as if she was using the charcoal toothpaste as an adjutant to kind of get the the cement of the braces off of her teeth. And I'm pretty sure that that's not what charcoal toothpaste is for. Then she proceeded to smile. Now her teeth looked decent. I won't say they looked great, not knocking her, but they looked like they needed some medical attention. They looked decent. But the one thing that I noticed was her gums were so large. If you've ever seen someone, you know, some people, I think maybe it's natural. Maybe I'm incorrect, but some people have larger gums. This particular young lady, her gums were almost overshadowing her teeth. And I don't know if it's because she took her braces off herself or if it's because her gums were naturally that large or it's because of other things that she might have not addressed in her dental hygiene care. I don't know what's going on. But I do know that if you've had a brace, if you've had braces on for 11 years, it's probably time to go back to the orthodontist and have the orthodontist take said braces off. I'm going to let you talk about this from now on, Dr. Wade, because for me personally, I was a bit disgusted. I was a bit disgusted and I was a bit disturbed because it seems like her her gums were screaming for help. Maybe it's just me. They were just they. I saw the gums before I saw the teeth. I will say that. And it appeared as if her gums were like, help me. Dr. Wade, what is going on here? What is going on in her mouth? Okay. So, Janine, I'm still Kim. Always will be. So, so when I saw the video, I feel like somebody may have tagged me in it initially. And I, I love watching dental videos, clearly, because it's what I do all day, every day. Um, so the things that kind of gross people out is actually fascinating to me. And so when I watched the video, um, just based off of personal experience, when she initially said, I think her first caption said something like, you know, I, I haven't been to the dentist or I have had my braces on for 11 years, blah, blah, blah. So the average person's mind would be like, 11 years? Why? In a dentist's mind, it was, oh, she didn't pay her ortho bill. And so they wouldn't continue to do maintenance on her braces. So she was stuck with them. See it all the time. Um, Whenever a patient comes into me and I see brackets and no wires, I already know the deal. Um, It's almost like they repo the braces kind of. 
And so if you don't pay on your month, because, you know, usually with braces, because braces are so expensive, usually there's like a monthly bill you pay. They break it down like over a two, three year period, however long you're supposed to have the braces. They break they break down your payments for a monthly payment. Well, if you continue to miss payments, they're not going. I mean, that's like they're working for free. Who works for free? Not me. So um, that's usually what happens. Patient is negligent. The parent is negligent. Whoever the person is that's responsible for the bill is negligent. They don't pay. And so they're like, sorry, we can't see you until you get your balance up to date. You know, pay off what you owe and then go back to making your monthly payments. And so, you know, patients will try to play us and say, oh, you know, I just didn't like my orthodontist. So I left or, or oh, I moved, whatever. But the thing is, I mean, I think this is just across the board when it comes to medical stuff, because dental does fall under medical, even though people say we're not real doctors, whatever. Um, we don't like to come behind other people's work. Because the thing is, unless I have a personal relationship with the previous dentist where I can ask questions, get x-rays and all of that, I truly don't know the whole story. And so if I go behind somebody else's work without having a clear understanding of what's going on and I pick it up, it becomes my case. So if something goes wrong, the patient can sue me. Even if I didn't do anything, once I start doing work on them, that's mine. And so we're very careful and very selective when it comes to picking up a case that we didn't start. Most times I don't. Now, personally, I don't do braces. I'm a general dentist. I do a lot of, you know, removable stuff. So like partials, dentures, things of that nature, crowns, fillings, extractions, ortho. You don't have to be an orthodontist to do ortho, but it does require extra training. Um, ortho is just something that's a very exacting part of dentistry that I just would rather lead to the experts. So I have a good referral base that I send my patients out to when they do need ortho. Um, but again, a lot of us are very hesitant to come behind somebody else's work because patients lie. We know this. They lie all the time just to get what they want. And so for me, as someone who worked incredibly hard to get my license, I am not willing to risk it for anybody. So if a red flag goes off in my head with a patient like, mm, something doesn't sound right about this case, I'm going to dig deeper to ask questions before I even consider whether or not I'm going to take it. So again, when I first saw the beginning of the video, I was like, okay, she didn't pay her ortho bill, whatever. And as I saw, like you said, she didn't show as she popped them off. Crazy thing is, there are a lot of instruments and tools that resemble what we use in dentistry. For example, at the nail shop. Like the stuff that they use to when they take your um when they take your nails down when they file your nails that little thing that rolls on on the drill we use a drill it's very similar to the to the um to the burrs that we use on people's teeth and in their mouths um I've had patients before where they couldn't get into me and so they go into their little tool shed and pick up stuff to fix whatever broke you'd be surprised. And so I'm sure she used some sort of household tool to pop those off. And the fact that they've been on for 11 years, it probably wasn't very, very hard to pop it off. That cement was probably halfway gone anyway. Um, so another thing that tells me the fact that she hadn't been to the orthodontist in 11 years, she probably has not been to her general dentist or to see a hygienist in probably that long or longer. So that explains the major buildup on her teeth. That explains the angry looking gums because your gums don't like foreign things touching them. Buildup is foreign to your, your gums are supposed to be clean, right? So 
She has years and years and years and years of buildup sitting on top of her teeth that eventually make their way to the gums. Well, when the gums have stuff touching them that they don't like, they tend to move and recede. They also tend to get really puffy and inflamed and just ugly looking. And that's why hers look like that. I can guarantee you she doesn't floss. I can guarantee you she does not floss at all. You would be surprised at how many people don't floss and don't think that flossing is important. Don't even realize that flossing is something that's supposed to be done every day, just like you brush your teeth or you rinse your mouth with mouthwash. Um, now, the charcoal toothpaste thing has become popular in the last couple of years. I don't use it. Um, I always tell patients whenever you buy any type of dental product, look at it and see if it says it's ADA approved. So your toothpaste, like your main brands, like Colgate and Crest and things of that nature, the majority of their products are going to have a little, it's a little uh, white rectangle square, whatever the shape is. And it has 88 in the middle of it. And I think it's lined in red. But if you see that on there, you know, you're good. If it's not ADA approved, that means it has not been through all the testing that these products go through to make sure that they do what they say they do. And I'm pretty sure none of the charcoal toothpaste do that. I always tell patients to proceed with caution in doing that because like you were saying, the charcoal toothpaste is kind of gritty. Um, and if you're a person who already has like sensitivity due to like loss of enamel, whether it's just something that happens over time, like older people tend to have less enamel than younger people. Or if you're somebody who suffers from like an eating disorder, like bulimia, where you throw up and that acid erodes the um, enamel on your teeth, um, you're going to be more sensitive than the average person. And so I tell people, if you already have issues with sensitivity, do not touch charcoal toothpaste because that that abrasiveness of it will take off even more enamel. And you're going to be even more sensitive. Um, and again, just I, I'm just very leery. And I know there are some people who don't believe in traditional dentistry and take the more holistic approach. So they're using the charcoal toothpaste and they're using um, like the coconut oil. I've been hearing about people talking about oil pulling. That's gross. I'm sorry. That's gross to sit there and swish around oil in your mouth. It's gross. It's I, But hey, do you. Um, you know, there are people who don't believe in using fluoride. Again, do you and what you feel like works for you. But when you come to me and you're seeking my professional advice and you're seeking my help. I'm going to tell you what works. I'm going to tell you what's tried and true. And I'm going to tell you what what's going to give you good results. I can't give you any scientific information about oil pulling and charcoal toothpaste, unfortunately. So I always tell patients that's what you want to do. Proceed with caution. If you get undesired results, I tried to tell you, you know, um, but I just these these types of videos that people are doing where they're doing like at home dental work is very dangerous because you have people out here who truly do not know, who do not have any type of background, not just dental background, just common sense who are just saying, hey, this looks like this is be a whole lot cheaper when the than, than what that dentist quoted me. Let me see if I can do it. It's not a good idea. Um, there's we're having a real big issue right now with with women, especially young women. I'm sure there are guys who are doing it, too. But a lot of young women who have been assistants in dental offices who are going out and um, proclaiming that they can do veneers or they can do composite fillings on people. So you have nobody's board certification, nobody's state license, nothing. And they're out here doing irreversible procedures on people's teeth. And that's crazy to me. But what's even crazier is that the state board can't do anything to them because they're not licensed by the state board. 
And so if the state board does not govern this, these bodies of people, they can't do anything. The only way that these people can be stopped is if their clients or their patients file a, 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 um, a police report. And they go like after them for a criminal activity. But these people, a lot of times people don't speak up. They're embarrassed that they paid this money to these people who they knew were not licensed professionals, but they did it because it was cheaper and it seemed like a good idea at the time. And I try to explain to people, because people come and ask me all the time, like, hey, I saw this on Instagram or, hey, I saw this on TikTok. What do you think? And I said, well, I feel you. I understand. But I tell people, think about it like this. Because people always go, oh, my God, the dentist is so expensive. And, oh, I had to pay a $3,000 dentist bill. Think about it like, think about your mouth like a car, right? You're supposed to take your car every however many months to get your oil changed, correct? Well, if you don't go get your oil changed within that time frame and you let it just essentially dry out and you burn up your engine, it's going to cost you a whole lot more to replace that engine than it did just to do your regular oil change maintenance every three to four months. Same thing goes with your teeth. If you just go every six months and get your x-rays done and get your exam and get your teeth clean, that allows us to find stuff before it turns into something super huge, as opposed to staying gone for 11 years like this young lady who has... Who knows what's growing inside of her teeth? I bet you if you took x-rays, she probably has a mouthful of cavities. You know what I'm saying? And so when you stay gone away from the dentist that long, chances are you're not going to get new, good news when you finally come in for your checkup. You're going to find out you've got a mouthful of cavities that could have probably been fixed with doing fillings, but because they're so big, now we got to talk about doing root canals. We got to talk about doing crowns. We got to talk about pulling teeth, replacing teeth. So I really try to drive home to patients, especially when it's, I get all the time, you know, don't judge me. I haven't been to the dentist in a few years, especially since the pandemic. We get a lot of people who have not been at least since 2020. And I'm like, I feel you. This is no judgment zone. I'm here to help you. But just understand if we're going to go through the process of doing this exam on you and we're doing the x-rays and we link you up with the hygienist to get your teeth back in order, I'm going to be kind of upset and even a little bit offended that I took my time to sit here and explain what you need to have done, why you need to have it done. And you still don't take care of your teeth like it's work. And while as the dentist, yes, I'm professionally trained to take care of your teeth and to fix your problems. You're the one who has to go home with those teeth. You're the one that lives with those teeth every single day. So what you do at home is a whole lot more important than what I do in an hour when you're sitting in my chair. And so that's why I really try to harp on maintenance. Maintenance is so important, whether it's your regular every six month person or if you have issues with your gums, you got to come every three to four months. Whatever that routine is supposed to be, just stick with it because dentistry gets a whole lot more expensive when stuff starts falling apart. And, you know, people will say, oh, y'all are just in it for the money. That's not it. That's not it at all. I truly love what I do. I know I could, oh how do you do, uh, I couldn't look anybody's mouth. I can't stand blood. I can't, mm -mm, that's not for me. I've always wanted to be a dentist. My mom said I was like a little kid, like three, four years old, telling people I was going to be a dentist. I've never considered another career. So I truly love what I do. I love interacting with my patients. I love educating my patients so that they don't end up as a tragic story on social media. Um, because like I said, social media has really like, I wouldn't say destroy dentistry, but it's changed a lot of people's views and it has a lot of people thinking that they can get it done for cheap. You get what you pay for. Truly. Dr. Wade, so 
a couple of things. First of all, I was cringing the entire time that you were talking because I know people and I'm, you know, not going to mention any names, but I do know people who just think like, oh, it's okay. I'll just go to the dentist when something is wrong. Right now I will say this. I've always been into teeth, not to your, to the extent that I knew I wanted to be a dentist when I was little, but to the point where I knew that I wanted my teeth to look a certain way. So like while all of my friends were getting BBLs, I've, I'm on my second set of veneers because I knew that once I got my braces off, my teeth were nice and straight, but they didn't, they, it didn't appear the way that I wanted them to be. But I also know that you can't just get veneers so that your teeth can look nice. You have to take care of your gums and your teeth underneath because if you don't, when you pop the veneers off and it's time to get a new set in 10 years, what are my teeth, what is it going to adhere to? Nothing? It's all very strange. But let me tell you what I went down a rabbit hole of. So once I viewed this video that you had me on TikTok for, because, you know, I had to find the original and figure out. So I done went down the lady's background and what she's been doing for the last 11 years and all that. Like, she done got married and all of, and I'm sitting here thinking, you, you had the money to pay for a whole wedding, but you couldn't pay to get your braces taken off? Whole nother story. But you know what I went down the rabbit hole of? People trying to remove their own, what is it called? Plaque tartar? Where it's like hard and caked up and it looks like they have this capsule around their teeth that's just yellow and and people sitting, taking a pick to try to move. Y'all go to the dentist. Don't dig in your mouth. Don't think you can remove the plaque. Don't think you can, you can't do it. And the other thing that I saw, Dr. Waite, I literally looked and watched this man glue his teeth back together with super glue. First of all, you all, super glue can, it can be a great liquid bandage as Dr. Plenty has told us, but don't put it in your mouth. Don't glue your teeth back together. If you break your teeth, I'm going to let Dr. Wade tell you how this goes, but I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to utilize super glue to put your teeth back together. Does it work the same like it does for liquid bandage or no? We Are we using super glue in teeth? What's going on? So, again, personal experiences, um, I have, I have, encountered a patient using super glue um, to put on a crown that came off. Um, I have had to tell a patient, you cannot use preparation H in your mouth. Um, I have had <laughs> the stories that I could tell, but I need to stop because, you know, they're out here firing people for. Hold on, pause. Preparation H is in like hemorrhoid cream? Correct. In your mouth? Correct. Um, can can you please just explain? Because I don't even understand the correlation. I, I can't really help you with that. He just, there are a lot of, so I have to debunk a lot of myths with patients. Um, the, the one that really used to get me was aspirin. You know, I have a toothache and they told me to crumble some some aspirin and, and stick it down in my tooth and, or, oh my, I had an abscess and I put it, I said, listen. Aspirin is an acid. It burns. It will burn. Your, your gum tissue is very, very sensitive. It's not like the skin on your hands. You know, it's not thick. So if you put acid on there, it will burn and it will burn quickly and it will hurt a whole, whole lot. Um, I've heard about the clove leaves putting inside of the tooth. Um, 
what else? Uh, of course, like using alcohol to to um, like liquor alcohol, but I've also had somebody use rubbing alcohol. <laughs> I mean, the stories that I, I could write a whole book. I could probably write two books about the things that I've experienced and the things that patients have told me um, about <laughs> even like things like after a patient has an extraction and they're asking me questions about what can I, what can I, can I not do after I get a tooth pulled? Um, again, I just, like I said, I try my best to educate my patients. I fuss a lot. I fuss a lot in my patients. Like, you know, when they tell me they do stuff, I'm like, why would you do that? What made you think that was a good idea? What made you think that you should be putting the stuff in your mouth? I had a patient one time, we had done a removable prosthesis on him, and he was like, I just didn't want to bother you, but it was something that was sticking me in my mouth and I couldn't get to you fast enough. So I just went out to my tool shed and pulled out one of my hand drills. I said, sorry, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. Like, I know it looks like the stuff that we use. And I know that at the time it seemed like a good idea. And now you've almost destroyed what I worked hard to make for you. When you could have just called and made it. You could even come in as an emergency patient as a walk-in. Like you you can't. That's, that's don't. People make me tired sometimes. I love my patients. I love them. But it's just, I don't know what goes through their minds. Because it, to me, I'm just like, I would never. It would never cross my mind to do certain things. But again, desperate times sometimes call for desperate measures. Um, I try to, like, for example, the crowns and the super glue. I try to educate patients and let them know, like, okay, we're going to put this temporary in your tooth. Like, we cut this tooth down for a crown. We have to send everything to the lab so they'll make this beautiful crown for you so we have a temporary on. Sometimes temporaries come off. It's cool. Keep your little Vaseline in your purse or in your pocket. Swipe a little Vaseline across the inside of it if it comes off and just slap it back on there until you come back to see me. Or if you don't have that, you got some toothpaste. I know you got toothpaste because you brush, well, you're supposed to brush your teeth. Get a little toothpaste, stick it inside. It's sticky enough. Slap it back on the tooth. Again, I try to, I don't, I try not to assume that people know what I know. I try my best to educate and let people know things that to me should be common sense but might not be Um, because I want people to do better. I want people to do better. I want people to be better. You know, as someone who now teaches at the school that I used to attend as a dental student, like just the things that I saw as a student in patients, um, it will blow your mind. It really would. Um, The things that, because honestly, the mouth is the last people that people think about, last thing that people think about. You know, people will go and get a physical and they'll get blood work done to see if they have high blood pressure, if I have diabetes or if my cholesterol is high. But like you said earlier, people usually don't come to us until something's wrong and their face is swollen out to here and they have a a toothache out of this world. And now it's a pressing issue and you want me to stop everything that I'm doing to help you, which if it's within what I can do, of course I will. But everything I can't always help, especially when it's a huge abscess, you know, it's, it's traveled into into spaces and places is not supposed to go. And now I've got to send you to the emergency room because I'm scared you're going to die. You're not going to die on my watch. You know, like tooth infections can kill people. And I don't think people realize just how serious it is until it actually happens to them. Like those infections can travel all the way down your throat and close off your airway. It can get into your bloodstream and travel to your brain and kill you. That happened to a little boy in the DC area years ago. I want to say I was in dental school when it happened. A little boy had Medicaid. 
um, mom had moved to a new address and so they couldn't get her recertification papers to her in time. So the Medicaid ran out. He ended up having an abscess. Mom tried to take him to the dentist. She didn't have the money to cover whatever he needed to have done that day. Medicaid hadn't kicked back in. And in between the time that she was waiting for the Medicaid to kick back in, little boy developed a really bad abscess. And that turned into, he became septic, got into his bloodstream, went to his brain, killed the little boy. Totally preventable. Totally preventable. You know, I, I think a lot of times also kids are forgotten. You know, because people tend to have the thought, you'd be surprised also how many people think that, oh, they're just baby teeth. They're not important. Baby teeth can get infected too. Baby teeth can have cavities. Baby teeth can break. Like they're equally important because what people fail to realize is the baby tooth sits on top of the permanent tooth, right? And so if there's damage to that baby tooth, it can affect that developing permanent tooth that's underneath it. And so it's equally important to take care of those baby teeth. They're going to lose their last baby tooth when they're like 12 or 13. That's pretty important. Um, But another thing I've also learned is that like dental stuff, it's very cultural. Um, There are cultures who have different beliefs about teeth and how you should or shouldn't care for them and things of that nature. So sometimes you have to kind of cross that cultural barrier to help them understand. I understand what you believe, but if you're here for me to help you and you trust me to help you, you got to listen to me too. You know, so breaking down those cultural barriers and those walls to really help people understand how important it is to take care of your teeth, just like the rest of your body. The mouth is the gateway to your entire body. Sometimes we can find different health conditions just by looking at somebody's mouth, like a diabetic, somebody, you know, somebody who got a bunch of teeth pulled and for some reason they don't heal properly. Like, why is it taking so long for this to close up? Why is it taking so long for um, them to heal for the extractions? You end up asking the patient, hey, have you been to your primary care primary care provider? What is that? I don't have it. Send them to the doctor, go get a bunch of blood work. You find out their A1C is through the roof. They're undiagnosed diabetic for who knows how long. Blood pressure. That's, oh, Lord, that's one of mine that, like, I harp on all the time and let patients know it's a silent kill- killer. You don't always have a headache. You don't always feel dizzy. You don't always feel bad when your blood pressure is super high. And we'll sit there and check the blood pressure on the patient. It's two, I've had to over 200, over 100 and something. And I'm telling the patient, you need to get to the hospital right now. Ah, uh, ah, uh, doc, go and pull my tooth. Uh, absolutely not. Like, it's very important to take care of yourself. I'm here to help you, but I can't help you if you're helping your, if you're not helping yourself either. And so while my job at the end of the day is to take care of a patient's mouth and their teeth, their overall health is very important to me as well. And that's why I try to really make sure that there's open communication, not only between me and the patient, but if they have some health conditions, cancer, whatever, and it's requiring me to do work, I make sure I talk to whoever their other doctors are to make sure we're all on the same page about their treatment. I don't want to step on anybody's toes ever. Ooh, you just said some words today, (laughs) Dr. Wade. Um, A couple things you've said, you know, one that scope of practice thing, you know, I didn't realize y'all were dealing with that kind of stuff in dentistry with people doing these like side work, side hustle work, and you have nobody certification. That is crazy. That is so crazy that people would have the audacity. I mean, I guess you don't know what you don't know, right? Like you just don't. And uh, people have the audacity 
to be like, well, I've seen it done. I've worked in a dental office. I can do this myself. Let me go on and do it. I mean, that's the same thing that happens in medicine. Like people that it's the, it's the OBs that refer are like, oh, I can't touch this. I need to send to the higher specialist. But then people that are like, you know, not not have anywhere near the expertise of an OB are like, I can do, <laughs> I can do this by myself. I'm like, wait a minute, pump your brakes. Uh, let's make sure, let's make sure we're all on the same page here, uh, so that we keep the patient safe. But um, but that's um, really really sad that that is happening. It sounds like across um, across the board. Uh, the super glue. I mean. When I say, because I'll tell people, you know, Dermabond is like super glue for the skin, right? Like you get a little incision, it's literally super glue. But I wouldn't expect somebody to put that in their mouth. What happens if you super glue your tongue to your teeth? What you going to do then? And then when you mention the drill, I mean, there's a lot of things that are in the face. And you drilling on your tooth. What happens if that accidentally goes through your palate? I'm disgusted because, not because of people's, I mean, I'm really disgusted because of people's terrible oral health, but I'm disgusted because I know what it feels like when the dentist gives me Novocaine and that like pinch that it feels. And especially when it happens in the roof of your mouth, like the pain, I can't imagine sticking a drill into my own mouth with no sort of sedation, no sort of Novocaine. Like it, the, it makes me cringe because I can only like I can almost feel the pain in my teeth. Now, mind you, this is I'm someone who knocked my baby teeth out when I was young. I've had several root canals. This is my second set of veneers and crowns. Like I've had extensive dental work, right? Every dime of it has been worth it because what I'm not about to do is operate on my own mouth. It sounds crazy and I can't imagine what it feels like. I'm annoyed when you know, I get a, a veneer and it doesn't level out the same way that my teeth leveled out initially. I will be like, no, nah, the, the bite doesn't feel quite right. Like I'm that meticulous with my teeth, right? So someone who is gluing their teeth back together, it it just makes me cringe. I can't even, like, I, it just makes me cringe. Now, one other thing that Kim mentioned that we want to make sure we highlight is y'all get these babies' teeth cleaned. Harrison is three. He's had several dentist appointments. Okay. We floss his teeth. He brushes his teeth twice a day and excited to brush them too. But yeah, start these babies off young. If they have a mouthful of teeth, you should be brushing them. All right. So are we ready to talk through some of these letters from our listeners? Let's do it. Okay. So the first letter reads, Nicole and Janine, my girlfriend has bad breath. We've been together a little over a year now, and initially she had no issues with oral hygiene. Otherwise, I wouldn't have that would have been a turnoff. But over the last few months, I've noticed that her breath is a bit tart. At first, it was only at the end of the day, which made sense because she has to speak a lot during the day and might not be able to get enough water. But now, even after she brushes her teeth in the morning, her breath is just not fresh. She seems not to notice it. One day, she was trying to kiss me while watching a movie. I jokingly said, nope, not with that onion breath. We both laughed and just continued watching the movie. But I really want to say, no, seriously, your breath is kicking. Since we've been together, either uh, either she's not mentioned or hasn't actually been to a dental appointment. Ladies, how can I politely encourage my girl to make a dental appointment? I feel like this might be a deeper issue than just bad breath. 
signed Jimmy. So my thoughts on this is that if it initially did not start out like that, and then over the last few months, it has, something else is wrong, like inside of her. Or it could be a bad tooth. It could be, you know, a tooth that's been slowly like rotting from the inside out and it's actually kind of come to the surface, especially wisdom teeth. Definitely wisdom teeth. Um, and the, the tough thing with wisdom teeth is because they're so far back, they're hard to clean, they're hard to access. And a lot of times people don't realize there's something wrong with them until they're hurting or they smell bad. Because, I mean, decay is bacteria, you know, it's just a bunch of bacteria that stinks. So if it's not, you know, I definitely would. Or maybe he could just be like, you know, hey, boo, I made us some dental appointments. I haven't been in a while. I know you haven't been in a while. Found a new dentist. Somebody recommended. Let's go try him out. Um, and I mean, like, again, when they do the exam, they may find that she has a rotten tooth somewhere in there that just needs to come on out or needs the root canal or whatever. But if they do the exam and x-rays on her and see there's nothing wrong in the mouth, then I would take it a step further, you know, and recommend her, you know, hey, boo, how long has it been since you've just been to the doctor, doctor? Like, how long has it been since you had a physical? Because sometimes there are things, especially things like um, acid reflux can stink, you know, and that stuff just kind of sits there and festers. Um, so, again, it's just a little alarming that it wasn't like this in the beginning. And over the last few months, it's getting progressively, you know, it started and it's getting progressively worse. Just makes me wonder if it's either attributed to a bad tooth in there somewhere um, or something going on in her mouth. Or if that's not the case, then something systemic could be going on with her. Or she, well, I could say her tongue, but probably not that. The number of people that, and I have surprising you would think I was a dentist, even though I'm not. I have dental conversations a lot with people because when people have like kick and breath or like I notice something, I'm like, hey, you should probably try A, B, and C, right? The number of people that I know that don't know to brush their tongue or don't know why, and I have a, I think it's called a quip toothbrush that has the little like ridges on the back so you can brush your tongue. Like that's what it's for. That have no concept of what that's for is disturbing to me brush your tongue or when people stick their tongue out and it's like white and like creamy looking or their tongue is like filled with whatever it is that now if you just ate I get it but like your tongue shouldn't be blue and you ate something blue two days ago Dr. Wade I understand you're shaking your head but you know good and well the smell of a rotten tooth especially if it's far gone rotten it smells like dead animals to me, at least. So if you open your mouth and it smells like dead animals, I just assume your teeth are rotten, personally. But think about it like this. What if somebody's used to like the way their mouth or their breath smells if they already have bad oral hygiene? What's another rotten tooth? You know, it's like Oof. it's a smell that they're used to. So you, again, you would be shocked at how many people I've done exams on. I'm like, did you know, did you have a tooth back here that's been hurting about, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Really? I didn't know. But again, if it's if it's a smell that you're pretty used to being around and it's kind of the norm for you, it doesn't smell like think about people you know who have bad breath and you might offer them some gum and like, oh no, I'm good. Cause they don't smell it like you do. Because it's not a normal smell to you. But to them, it's that's the ordinary. You know, for me, it's a general rule of thumb. If somebody offers you a mint or a piece of gum, take it. Like if somebody says, do you want a mint? I'm going to take it. Okay. I don't care if I want it or not. I'm going to take it. 
If it's gum, I'm going to chew it. I may not chew it long, but I'm going to chew it for a little bit because I'm going to make sure I'm fresh, okay? If somebody offers me a mint or a gum, or if they offer me something I don't like, I'm going to get my own mint out of my purse and I'm going to put that mint in my mouth. And then I'm going to think, did I, when did the last time, what did I eat? Let me go brush my teeth, okay? Carry your toothbrush in your purse, people. If you're eating something, like you know what we eat, shrimp and boudin and all that stuff we eat in Louisiana, carry your toothbrush with, don't nobody want to smell that on your breath. But the thing that sticks out for me in this letter is that she had good oral hygiene at first, and now this is brand new. So for me, if she didn't know to brush her tongue, like why did you know to brush your tongue back then? And now you don't know to brush your tongue now. So something's going on, like maybe she had COVID and now she can't smell and never got her sense of smell back. That kind of stuff happens. I don't know. Maybe she does have COVID. I don't know. But it. I don't well, know, Jimmy, maybe you should suggest, like Dr. Wade said, go take her to the doctor. Maybe it's something inside her stomach. I don't know. Okay. I'm going to go on to my letter. This one says, hey, best friends, love the pod, but I'm sure you know that already. So here it is, straight to the point. My husband doesn't care about his dental health. He has had six teeth pulled in our five years of marriage. He's headed to dentures or implants, as his dentist suggested, but he doesn't want them. But I don't want a husband that is missing his teeth. Ladies, how can I convince my husband to get implants so that I'm not walking around with a snag a tooth man? Signed, Belinda. Hmm, this is kind of a tough one, um, especially if you're dealing with somebody who kind of has their mind made up about what they want or don't want. Um, I mean, I would maybe just ask him some questions like, why don't you want implants? Why don't you want to replace your teeth? It could be just something as simple as he's afraid. He's afraid of what the procedure will entail. He's afraid of not knowing if it's going to hurt. He might be afraid of how much it costs because implants, as we know, are not cheap. So I would start out with just kind of asking him some questions to get an understanding of why, you know, I'm assuming this is somebody who's fairly young. You know, why are you not interested in replacing what's missing or even seeing, okay, if you're not interested in doing implants, are you just maybe for the time being interested in doing something like a partial? It's something that comes in and out, but at least, you know, you've got some teeth in there. Or if it, if, if it, he has enough teeth to do this, maybe a couple of bridges or something, but just kind of get down to the root of why he's so against it. It may be something so simple as, you know, everybody in my family lost teeth young and nobody ever got dentures. Again, that's kind of a cultural type thing. I, I saw that a lot, especially when I was in public health where, you know, Patients were losing teeth and things of that nature. And we started talking about, okay, what's the next step? What do you, you know, it's like, what do you mean? What's the next step? I lose my teeth and I gum it for the rest of my life. No, not necessarily. There are options. Oh, well, you know, I didn't realize that, you know, my, my mama lost her teeth early. My grandmama lost her teeth early and they just were never worried about replacing anything. We just, you know, they just went on with life as is. So it could be just something so simple as he's seen how his family grew up and this is just the norm for him. He may not be big on appearances. I understand as his wife, you know, she has, I guess, like her set of expectations of what she wants her husband to look like and things of that nature. And that's good. All fine and good. But if he's comfortable with how he looks, you know, personally, you know, first of all, I don't think my husband would do anything like that. Um, but again, I would ask questions if it ever came down to that. I would be like, well, you, 
you know, are we sure about that? Let's discuss some options. Let's see what's most feasible for you. Let's see what you're most comfortable with. I, I just, you know, I don't really like the idea of you not walking around with no teeth. Um, you know, it changes your quality of life when you miss teeth. It changes the quality of your life significantly. When you don't have teeth in those spaces, it makes it very hard for you to chew your food. Patients have a lot of trouble with chewing and digesting their food when they're missing teeth because they're not able to properly masticate. They're not able to properly break down their food. And in turn, they're swallowing these big chunks of food and they end up getting choked. Um, and so teeth matter. <laughs> Replacing teeth matters. Um, I'll never forget having a patient who told him emphatically, you just got these teeth. Well, he was getting ready for dentures. He had teeth that just could not be saved. He understood everything was a total loss. And so we were kind of taking out the teeth in phases. We're taking out in groups. I think this may have been his last or next to last visit. So he didn't have much left. Explain to him at every visit after you're you know, doing the post-op extractions, when you get your teeth extracted, this is what you can do. This is what you're not supposed to do. These are the things you're supposed to do to help the process speed up and heal faster and all these things. Well, I get a call finding out that this man with no teeth or very few teeth decided to eat potato chips that he could not chew. Chip got lodged in his throat. And he ended up in the ER. Like there are things you just cannot do that you used to do when you had teeth. It's significantly a lot of patients experience a lot of weight loss when they lose teeth because they just they can't eat like they want to. And they have just kind of decided, oh, I'll just have to stick to a liquid diet for the rest of my life. You know, there are not a lot of nutrients and things that are liquids. You need your your meats and your starches and all that kind of stuff that you have to chew. So a lot of times it's just an education thing. And teaching people that they do have options instead of just taking them at their word, because a lot of times they just don't even realize that they have choices or options. Now, Dr. Wade, you over here worried about mastication and I'm over here worrying about what it looks like because ain't no way on God's green earth. I'm walking around with no snag tooth husband. That just is what it is. I don't care if you 18 or 80 blind, crippled or crazy. I'm not doing it. Like if I have to have teeth in my mouth, then you need to have teeth in your mouth as well. And I'm sorry, dentures are covered by insurance for the most part. So if there's something wrong, maybe you don't want implants. So I get that. It could be expensive. I understand that part. But we just going to be walking around here with no teeth? What are we out here doing and why? All of the dental advancements we've had, why would one want to even do that? I mean, I think there's something that I've really had to understand and something that I really struggle with is that everybody's value systems are different. Um, so what's important to me is not so important to somebody else. What I, something that I, I do value, somebody else does not. You know, people thought I was crazy. This is my third time getting braces. My parents paid for my first set. I got some on the bottom when I was in dental school. I had a friend who was trying to get into ortho school and she was kind of trying to build up her portfolio. So I was like, sure, I'll be your guinea pig. This third time I had a student, I have a current student who needed a case. It was mutually beneficial. It's a whole lot cheaper for me to get it done at the dental school than it is for me to get it on the outside. And people were like, you have perfect teeth. Eh. But we're more critical of ourselves than everybody else, you know. And so for me and the fact that a few teeth had shifted and I knew I could get it done a whole lot cheaper than to go out in a private office, you know, why not? I had a retainer. My youngest child, for some reason, was obsessed with said retainer and she hid it. And I never found it again. So my teeth started to shift over the years. So again, to me, that was important. But to the average person, it'd be like, girl, that wasn't even a big that big of a deal. Your teeth look fine to me. 
for her husband, replacing those teeth, he what was important to him was just getting them out of there because they hurt, because they were broken, whatever his reason was for having them removed. Replacing them is not part of his value system. It is about it's, it's valued by his wife and it bothers her apparently for her to ask about this. But again, as as the wife, I would just ask ask more questions and dive deeper to find out exactly why he's it's not important to him or why he is fine with walking around with gaps, you know, and teeth missing. So I would um, I definitely agree with asking questions because we, we need to figure out the why, like what is stopping you from getting the smile that you used to have. Now, I will say that implants are very, very expensive. <laughs> very, very expensive. My my nephew, who just graduated from college, has a mouthful of implants, right? My sister has a mouthful of implants. They have amblyogenesis imperfecta. So they have, uh, they've had a lot of, they stayed in the dentist's office, <laughs> okay? They were always there and they have a lot of implants and they spend a lot of money on these perfect smiles that they have now. But if you ask them, was it worth the time and the money? They're going to tell you every time it's worth it. There's something about my sister before she got implants versus after she got implants. Just the confidence level with people that have the smile that they want versus having to not smile or fix your mouth a certain way or cover your mouth when you talk. Um, all those things you do to sort of try to distract away from your mouth which is not distracting away from your mouth, right? People know when you're trying to cover your mouth. People know when you're not smiling. But people that know they have dental issues are very subconscious, self-conscious about their smile. And so I would want to know, you know, hey, you understand that this is fixable. If it's the money that's hindering you, you understand that we can do things to make payments on this. We're going to take our income tax and pay for this. I mean, reassure him and perhaps come up with a plan depending on what the why actually is. And most of the time with, with Black people and the dentist, people just are afraid of the dentist. You know, they think they're going to go in there and like just get drilled on to death. And it's just going to be just this completely painful experience when it, when it doesn't have to be all of that. We have anesthesia now, y'all. So... I would agree with uh, Dr. Way. Ask, you know, really dive deep and ask the why. All right. So in this portion of the show, Dr. Way, we usually ask what people have learned new. Now, you've told us a lot that you have learned. Have you learned anything new? What have you learned new this week? Um, well, this is the start of a new week. And I was actually out all last week on vacation with my family. So I've kind of uh, <laughs> taken a mental break. <laughs> That's all right. Lord. But I mean, I just I I will say just in general, um, being back at the school and being part of, you know, the educational system, um, I have really learned how to put myself in the place of the students, like put myself in their shoes and really think about what it's like being a student, what it's like learning, what it's like not knowing this stuff. You know, um, I think for me, my biggest shock coming from Xavier to dental school was like, you know, at Xavier, all of us were the best of the best. We all did well with sometimes little to no effort. And to come to dental school and get the shock of my life when I like failed exams, I was like, oh, uh, 
you know, I'm not at Xavier anymore. But I think that my my personal experience as a dental student gives me kind of a soft spot for the students. And I've learned from them. I have no education background whatsoever, but I've learned how to be a good teacher to them because of what I experienced. And I think that's just something that's very important to me moving forward, because this is kind of something I hope to do for a long time um, to, and just to, to, to get better and be better, if not for myself, but for my students. That's amazing. I love that. That's so, that's so heartwarming. Mm. All right, Jenny. So what did you learn new this week? Okay. So I went digging at the CDC because while I'm all about the cosmetics of, of dentistry, I wanted to know some like real life details about like, you know, what's, what's going on with people who are not taking care of their, their teeth. So you all talked about the kids. So I decided to go with the kids. I got, I learned a lot of things new digging for this episode, but I decided to go with the kids statistic, right? So according to the CDC, on average, 34 million school hours are lost each year because of unplanned emergency dental care. 34 million school hours. Now think about that for a second. We're concerned about these kids are getting passed through. They, they're not learning the same things that we need to learn. Well, if you were taking them to the dentist on a regular basis, the 34 million school hours wouldn't be missed because there wouldn't be all of these emergency dental issues, right? In addition to that, over $45 billion of product of productivity is lost in the U.S. each year due to untreated dental disease. So we're losing a lot of time and a lot of money because we don't like to go to the dentist as we should. Let that sink in. What did you learn new this week, Nicole? So I learned um, that 77 million adults in the U.S. don't have dental insurance. And I thought that that was a problem. Don't that come with health insurance or no? That's not on Obamacare? Mm-mm, mm-mm. No. So mm-hmm. while everybody's rallying about health care, I did not know that. That's something that I learned new today. Like I said, you know, people take care of their bodies first and their mouths second. And so, you know, and part of it, you know, health insurance is required at this point for the most part. Dental insurance is elective for most people. And sometimes, honestly, dental insurance is really not that expensive But the problem comes in is that dental insurance doesn't cover everything. And so when the patient has to pay their portion and it's still more than they think they should pay, they're thinking I'm wasting my money paying for dental insurance. And another thing, another problem, too, is that a lot of dental offices have stopped taking dental insurance because the reimbursement rate is so low that they're going to just fee for services, which, you know, in this economy, as bad as things are, they got to live, too. So it's just kind of one of those unfortunate things. I want us to remember the $45 billion of productivity wasted when we think about the expense of dental care, right? Yet it might be a little bit more pricey, but you, you're you going to lose more money on the back end from not getting your teeth taken care of. Um, also, just another note, I know that, you know, we have the Obamacare options still, um, but 27 million people also don't have health insurance either. Let that sink in. Because it's not like you just get to you. You got to fill the paperwork out. You got to see if you qualify. I mean, there are people that are around here that's not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Okay. 
But also for those who don't have insurance because they can't afford it for whatever reason, there are so many community health centers that are open for people just like that who don't have, um, for whatever reason, they don't have insurance and access to care is an issue. So on the flip side of not having insurance, again, the facility where I used to work, we worked on, it was open to serve people the uninsured. And so our fees were a whole lot. For example, an extraction is $20 if you don't have insurance. 20 bucks to get a tooth pulled, which um, in the outside world in a private office is going to run you about 150 at least. So even though insurance is not affordable for some people, there are still facilities that they can get to to pay a whole lot cheaper than they would in a private place. Even the dental school, our fees are a whole lot cheaper. Our fees are probably about 50% for the student price. It's about 50% cheaper than what they would pay in a private office. All right. So um, thank you so much, Dr. Kimberly Wade, for coming onto our show today. We appreciate all the knowledge that you dropped. And I know that the information that you've um, shared with us will be beneficial and helpful to all of our listeners. Let our listeners know how they can follow you on social media. Okay, so I recently started like a public dental page that I really need to devote time to. So I think the pressure of having more people follow and make me actually like put content up. So it is <laughs> underscore your Y-O-U-R friendly dentist. I think we know how to spell friendly and dentist underscore. So underscore your friendly dentist underscore. Um, also, as Nicole mentioned at the beginning of this, um, I do a lot of crafting and whatnot. It's kind of my stress reliever and things I like to do for fun. Um, you can follow me on there as well and kind of see what I've been up to, including things like these earrings that I made myself um, at Kimmy's Creations, K-I-M-M-I-E-S-K-R-E-A-T-I-O-N-S 27. That's awesome, y'all. And Kim, she makes signs, she makes earrings, she makes everything. If it can be made, Dr. Wade is doing it. So don't ask how she's saving the world one tooth at a time and making everything else, but she's making it. So make sure to follow both of her pages as soon as you can. We just went on there and followed all of them too. Now, um, now Kim, if somebody wants to see you professionally, so if they're in the Jackson area and they're like, you know, I listened to this podcast. This is, uh, I made me say, ouch, because I'm not in order. How can they find you and book an appointment with you if they, if they need those services? So currently I am part of the private practice at UMC School of Dentistry. Um, my days that I see patients sometimes will change based on the semester and what classes that I'm involved in. Um, going into the spring semester, I'll be seeing patients on Monday and Friday mornings. Uh, with a little wiggle room to see emergencies and things on other days if I'm available, but primarily Monday and Friday mornings at the dental school. Um, the address is 2500 North State Street. That's kind of the generic address for the hospital, but it's easy to find. Um, and the easiest way that I tell people to reach us is to call 601-984-6155 and tell them that you want to be connected to University Dentist and ask for Dr. Kimberly Wade. All right, now y'all heard it. Listen. Go ahead and call the office. She didn't told you what day she's practicing. Get your mouth in order. There should be no reason for us to have bad breath. Okay. All right. Well, Janine, I think that's 
all. I mean, I guess we need to wrap up with a motivational moment, huh? Yes, and we have to have Dr. Wade come back on so we can do a crafting episode because I'm all about the crafting. All right. Absolutely. All right, so here's your motivational moment. Ladies and gents, adulting is more than just taking care of bills. It's making sure that your health and those in your immediate family's health is optimized. This includes your oral health. You can't be sexy with a messed up grill and bad breath. So prioritize your smile and make your dental appointment today. Until we meet again. Pray, work, slay. And show off your melanated excellence. Bye. Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson-Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh, That's Deep, BWC. Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversations is a Mean Old Lion Media production.